For thousands of years, humans have feared arachnids. From small house spiders to bird-eating tarantulas, many people are weary being around these eight-legged animals. For good reason, too. The way spiders hunt clearly reflect their creepy nature. An unsuspecting prey falls into a trap and gets the life sucked out of them while being paralyzed by venom. In this episode, we analyze how J.K. Rowling adapts spiders into her story and how they made the wizarding world of Harry Potter a lot creepier. I'm Raul Lerdaz, and this is the Creature Podcast, Agromantulas. Let's figure out why agromantulas are scary. To start, they're spiders. A lot of people are afraid of spiders. It's so common that not being afraid of them is weird. Ron makes many comments describing his fear of spiders all throughout the second book. In the real world, the common spiders may be around a few inches. This size of a spider is enough to make some grown men shriek. Maybe it's how alien they are is what scares us the most. Their anatomy is so different from us, it's hard to understand what it's like to be a spider. And that unknown plays a large factor into why they're scary. They tend to hide in dark spaces and scurry away the moment they're discovered, startling the person unfortunate enough to uncover them. Certain spiders have venom that could kill hundreds of men. Spiders have and will continue to kill people. This is a fact of nature. And since many people don't care to take the time to learn which spiders are safe, they would rather just avoid or kill whatever spider they see. With their eight legs, it's hard to catch and kill spiders since they're small and fast. They capitalize on this moment by getting away or biting their victim. Even the, spider, in the, even the way the spiders hunt makes them scary. Most of the time, they just sit there and wait for a bug to make a mistake and fall into their web. All throughout Harry Potter, we see that J.K. Rowling capitalizes on these fears. The acromantula is everything we fear in spiders times a hundred. A black widow is dangerous enough already. But imagine how terif- terrifying it would be if you were chased by one the size of a car. It gets worse. Acromantulas are creatures that are capable with human speech. Imagine being chased by wolf-sized spiders hissing your name. And if you even try to reason with them, you will die. These are creatures that kill and eat their own family. If you think your plea for mercy will change their mind, you are wrong. Acromantulas see humans as cattle, another food source. We feel safe because we have tools to protect ourselves, but that doesn't put us at the top of the food chain. Acromantulas will remind you of that. The only time we have seen an acromantula spare a human is when we see Haragog and Hagrid's interactions. The only reason why Hagrid was safe was because he raised Aragog. If it wasn't for the respect shared between the two, Aragog and his family would have tried to devour Hagrid a long time ago. To describe acromantulas as nothing but terrifying would be an understatement. Looking at the Greek tale of Arachne, historians see how the Greeks explained the origin of the spider. Arachne was a weaver who was so confident in her ability that she decided to challenge Athena to a weaving contest. Athena accepted the challenge. The goddess wove a tapestry depicting the gods in all their glory 
while Arachne wove one about their many adventures that they all took. Angered by how perfect her opponent's tapestry was, she tore it to shreds. Arachne, saddened by this, hung herself out of despair. Athena realized her outburst caused this. She took pity on Arachne. She turned the rope she hung herself with into a spider web, and from there she turned Arachne into a spider. In Greek society, it's clear that spiders weren't completely feared. Spiders are complicated creatures, and the Greek recognized their skill in hunting prey and weaving webs. These kinds of stories were common back then, as they offered insight into the world the Greeks lived in. Warnings about the dangers of spiders start to spread, and so do their stories. And the perfect place to tell these creepy stories would be at a campsite in the middle of the night. Another figure relating to the mythology of spiders is Anansi. He is a trickster god originating from Ghana. He is a shapeshifter. In some stories, he has the appearance of a man, but in southern stories, he appears as a giant spider with a human face. Being one of the more prominent figures in Ghana mythology, he's the focal point of many stories. He often outsmarts his enemies with his cunning intellect. Instead of seeing him as a threatening figure, many stories depict him as the hero. Anansi is a kind god, and he shows that everyone in the village and everyone who hears the stories are impressed and respect him. He's associated with intelligence and wisdom. He's called the king of stories. One famous tale of his was when he saw how bored the world was, so he decided to take a box of stories hoarded by his father, the Sky God. His father said that the only way he would let him have the stories is if he were to bring four dangerous animals. After completing the quest, his father was impressed. And because of this, he was rewarded with a box of stories to share to the world. In these stories, he was able to bring joy to everyone in the world. Many of these stories were about heroic tales, but some were about frightening creatures that were released into the world. In Japan, similar stories about trickster spiders appear. However, these spiders have a much more sinister intention. The Suchigamo is a giant spider demon that is able to shapeshift into humans and deceive passing samurais. One legend was that a samurai by the name of Minamoto no Yorimitsu finds himself being tricked by a Suchigamo. In this story, he is returning from a battle wounded and is needing for a place to lodge and spend the night. There, he encounters a boy who is offering to treat his wounds. After spending a couple of nights at the lodge in the boy's care, he notices that his wounds have not been healing. Suspecting foul play, he strikes the boy with his sword, and the boy turned back into the Suchigamo and escapes, leaving a trail of blood. Minamoto then finds himself surrounded by web. The Suchigamo casted a powerful illusion on him and turned his web into a comfy lodge. After escaping the web, he followed the trail of blood and found the dead Suchigamo. As horrifying as these stories are, nothing compares to the real-life account of explorers in the jungle. Campfire stories revolving around spider bites are common, but if you sat by a campfire in the Congo, there's a chance you'll hear about the natives encountering dog-sized spiders with fangs the size of steak knives. 
Deep in the forest of the Congo, tales of expeditions gone wrong are common. Many explorers fear encountering the Chaba Fufi, a spider with the appearance of a chilarantula, but said to be four to six feet wide. Locals say that their web is strong enough to ensnare reptiles and even humans. One of the more recent encounters was recorded by Reginald and Margaret Eberhardt. As the story goes, they see something scurrying in the bush on the side of the road. Thinking it's just a monkey, they stop to let it pass. To their horror, they see a spider with a leg span of more than four feet creeping through the brush. In an even more terrifying report from the 1890s, an English missionary by the name of Arthur Symes was exploring with a group until several other men found themselves bound by sticky web. To their horror, two four-feet-wide spiders came from the bush and bit some of the poor adventurers. Signs of fever and delirium soon set in, and quickly after, the explorers died. With accounts like this existing in the real world, the idea of an acromantula may not be too far-fetched. Although we haven't found the fabled Chaba Fufi, we do have fossil evidence of some very large spiders. The largest arachnid to be found was a fossilized spider with a 22-inch leg span. If a spider the size of a quarter can inject killer venom, imagine how potent the venom would be of something the size of a dog. The biggest known spiders we have to fear now would be the Goliath bird-eating spider. It is known to eat birds and small mammals. This 14-inch spider has no problem hiding underneath bushes, waiting for the right moment to strike. It makes you think if something that big can exist today in the known parts of the world, who's to say something bigger can be hiding in the deep, dark, unexplored jungle, waiting for humans? The idea of a car-sized spider hidden in the jungles is outrageous, but to think some spiders are bigger than your head is kind of unnerving. Fortunately for humanity, giant spiders aren't on our list of dangers. Unfortunately for Harry Potter and friends, they have to look out for acromantulas during their forest hikes. Acromantulas play a bigger role in the story than you might think. They are so important in book two that without their help, Harry and Ron would not have been able to solve the mystery of the Chamber of Secrets. Aragog, Hagrid's friend and local acromantula, hinted that the natural enemy to the spider is a basilisk. Since they have eight eyes, they are more susceptible to the petrifying gaze of the basilisk. Without that hint, they would have been stuck trying to figure out what's causing the petrification. They aren't the type of students to go sifting through textbooks, and even if they did dedicate themselves to researching a creature that could cause the petrifications, they would not be able to find the page with the information, since Hermione ripped that page out on the basilisk. After this point, though, they are sadly used as an obstacle more than a fleshed-out character. In Book 4, in the maze, Harry and Cedric encounter an acromantula and defeat it. In Book 6, we see that Aragog has died of old age, and Professor Selicorn arrives to take some venom. Finally, 
In Book 7, we see that Aquamantulas are used in Voldemort's army. As the series goes on, we see that their use as a pivotal character diminishes. The story makes a clear shift after the third book, where other wizards begin to pose a bigger threat than the Aquamantulas. For Harry, facing an Aquamantula would be easier than challenging Lord Voldemort. J.K. Rowling acknowledges this by her choice in shifting her focus in enemies. Acromantulas are bloodthirsty creatures, and they're also intelligent. That is a deadly combination. And it's kind of strange to think that they're just confined to this deep, dark forests of the world. Surely, an acromantula with its size, power, intelligence, could easily take over any animal population that they encounter including humans. I believe if they were unleashed into the muggle world, they would have no trouble taking over. Thankfully, we have the wizards to keep them in check. Without them, they could easily kill every single human in sight. With world domination out of the questions, they have to settle for the deep, dark jungles and forests and prey on deers and maybe the unfortunate human Acromantulas could have been a much more interesting creature. J.K. Rowling chose to make them bloodthirsty monsters with capable of human intelligence. I feel like it would have been a lot more interesting if they had the ability to cast illusions and not only communicate with Harry, but maybe help him out in his journey. It's a shame to see that these creatures were just murderers and only looked at humans as cattle. There could have been so much potential, and maybe even a cool ally, similar to an ogre or a dragon. I would have loved to see the interaction between Harry and a giant spider, and maybe a kind of a rivalry and uneasiness between the two, since Harry is known to have snake connections speaking in parcel tongues, and spiders are known to be fearing snakes. Aragog would have been a much cooler character if he was able, if he didn't just want to kill Harry. I'm just kind of bummed out that J.K. Rowling chose to treat these cool creatures this way. I, for one, am glad that the world isn't run by giant man-eating spiders, or friendly ones at that. I feel like it'd be very unnerving knowing that there are eight-legged spiders the size of cars running around playing tricks on you if you just walk into the forest at night. Thankfully, the world isn't like that. We don't have to worry about man-eating spiders hiding in trees, but we do have to worry about black widows. On second thought, we do have to worry about spiders. Our fear of spiders has been with us all throughout humanity, from Greek myths to Ghana folklores to Japanese legends and campfires in the Congo, and now fantasy books in the library. J.K. Rowling is just another person telling a story about these interesting creatures. In her version, she added an extra layer to them that makes them more human, but at the same time, more terrifying. Many people already run and scream when they see a small spider. 
What would you say if you were being chased by one that knows your name?